me this. I'm talking to you. I'm doing a little math. 25 years, uh, 9,125 days we've been together as a church. 9,100. In 25 days. Now, if that doesn't make you tired, <laughs> it just quickens me in my spirit. Yeah. One thing I've found is that it's easy to serve God. It's, it, it's, it's, it's easy to do something you love to do and something that you've been called to do. That's the easy part. The not so easy part is dealing with a whole lot of folk that are really not, if you will, in the vernacular, as we used to say, down with the program. You know what being down with the program means now, don't you? But thank God and good to see all of you here today. And I'm, I'm not going to say, just give me a few minutes. That doesn't usually work out. Pastor Dora was listening to one of the sermons online this morning and and, and uh, in, in, in a, in a, I came in the room, I was in another room, I said, is that me? She said, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and she was in an upright position, and then I went back in the other room, and I came back again a little bit later, and she was, she was in the upright position. First time I when I came back, and the next time I know she's laying over, she's like, I said, oh, Lord, <laughs> I done put you to sleep. <laughs> but praise God, won't be any sleeping in the house here today. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're just thankful. God bless you for all of your kind words. Uh, silver anniversary is really is a milestone, and, and, and we could not have done any of that without you. Prayer, support, uh, your love, and, you know, just so many uh, uh, that have gone home to be with the Lord now and, and you know, that were with us in the very beginning and, 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 and one thing I know is that they're home with the Lord now. They're resting in the arms of Jesus. That is the most important thing. A whole lot of folk, you know, they're not up there. Let me, let me, our theme for this year was um, we've come this far by faith. And I've been taught that you know, it's always good to have a theme. It's always good to have a title. It's always good to have a text when it comes to uh, ministering the Word of God. So in keeping with, 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 with all of my mentors and, and all of that, I, I have to do this for them. Some of them have gone home to be with the Lord as well. But just to keep everything straight. Uh, we've come this far by faith, and, and I, if you have your Bible or uh, whether you don't, you're going to see the words come up over my head in just a few minutes in the book of St. Luke. The book of St. Luke, chapter 9. I'm going to start at the end, and then we're going to work our way back to the beginning in this particular passage of Scripture. But in the book of St. Luke, the gospel according to St. Luke, in chapter 9. We're going to begin here in verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, in fact, uh, not only was he saying it to him, particularly one man, but there were three particular individuals in this portion of scripture, and Jesus was talking to them about discipleship. 
in, 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 in telling them, uh, no matter what they were going through in their lives, that they should follow him, follow Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, I'm a Georgia boy. Born in Georgia. Thank God I wasn't raised down there. But born in Georgia and was raised uh, the earlier portions of my life in Georgia. And one of the vivid memories that I have is being with my grandfather. Grandfather was a great man and he, he was a farmer, he was a businessman, took care of his family, he was a man of God, he did everything probably that any responsible father would do for their families. And I can remember being out in the field with him and we had a mule and we also had a plow. Now some of you that you can plow, you think it's snow plow. You thought, you're thinking a big SUV, like one of those trucks in the middle of a snowstorm that drives down your street and it just comes down and it just pushes piles of snow right in front of your driveway that you've been out there shoveling for hours. And if you really want to see some entertainment, the next snowstorm, if you can get to my house, and you just, you'll see. But I'm talking about a plow, and we don't have a, 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 a vivid picture of a plow. We do? Do we have one? Oh, there we go. That is a plow. That is a farmer's plow. That is a picture of an old-fashioned two-handed plow. That plow would be, would be taken and it would be dug into the ground. And whoever the person, the plowman would be, I'm not saying whoever, but it was the man that operated that was called the plowman. And he would dig that blade, two blades and a wheel, into the ground, and he would push that plow. No matter how rocky, no matter how hard packed that soil was, he plowed, and he would plow, and he would push, and he would push. Sometimes he would start back there, and he would try to matriculate that plow to the other end of a row. And every now and then, as he was plowing, there would be stones and rocky soil, and he would stop, and he would pick up and eliminate all of those obstacles that was hindering him from getting to his objective. And as he would push that plow, every now and then, he would get distracted. And whenever he got distracted, and he was going from here to that column right there, you would probably call him a pillar, but us in the building trees, we know that's a column right there. <laughs> and he knew that he had to get from that column to this column with a row, and he would push. Sometimes it was a struggle. Sometimes he strained and he grunted. He would fuss, probably cussed a little bit. But he kept matriculating that plow. And every now and then, then he would get distracted and he would look. And he knew he had to get there. 
but he would look in the other direction. And as he would look around or look up and look down, and as he took his eye off of his appointed destination, he would find that he would veer either to the left or to the right. That's why Jesus told these three men, that's why he said to them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Because whatever you set your hand to do, people of God, and we have set our hand to do God's work in the community in this area for the last 25, not, well, 9,125 days. There have been very few of those days when we have not done something in ministry. Praying for somebody, seeing somebody, helping somebody, even during the times when we were working. And, and, and much of that, some of that time was when, 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 when Rob and I were working together. And in fact, Rob knows that when others were, were building churches and I was drafted into helping them, you know, to complete their buildings and all of that. And we just happened to be in a place, we took more equipment, we took more, not took, but I borrowed more equipment and, and electrical things to, you know, to leave work and then go help somebody else out and help them to build their church in the vineyard. I have found that the investment you can make, the, the best investment you can make in your own life is helping somebody else to get ahead in their life. That is a return that far exceeds anything monetarily than you can ever get in life. So Jesus said to these men, don't, don't, you look back and you're going to miss the mark. You're going you're to miss where I want you to be in life. So don't do that. Kind of like we are when we're driving. Have you ever gotten yourself in one of those situations? You kind of got caught driving in your fancy car, looking in the rearview mirror when you should have been looking where you're going, but you're so distracted by looking where you come where you've been instead of looking ahead to where you want to be yeah. kind of gave me a little bit of the chills when I heard uh, David and he said looking ahead for the next 25 years and I <laughs> looked at the pastor over here and said, pastor you got to pray for me right now <laughs> 25 25 years here we are Still in the book of chapter, uh, the book of Luke, chapter uh, chapter nine. I'm going to begin reading here in verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, "Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest." And Jesus said unto him, "Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head." And he said unto another man, so we had, this was the first man, and he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to first go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. 
And another also said, Lord, the third man, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And again, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is a rhetorical question. Don't feel, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable or embarrassed by that, but this is a rhetorical question. We all have the, the desire to follow Jesus, do we not? Yeah. Don't put your hand up if you don't want to. You know, just say amen, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, here's the clear understanding of this particular text. So here in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through verse 62, we find the Lord saying, and I'm paraphrasing this for all of you. He said, give everything to me. Follow me and trust me with your future. Let that, let that sink in. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. If you've answered that question affirmatively and said, yes, Lord, I have the desire to follow you, then that means you are available for him whithersoever. That means whenever, wherever, and however the Lord needs you. 9,125 days. Many of you, me and we, have been available for the whithersoever, the wherever, and the howevers. There was a gospel choir that sang a song and said, I've been running for Jesus a long time. You probably may be familiar with that a little bit from uh, Van Pelt on SportsCenter. Right. Running for Jesus a long time. If you've ever watched those clips on SportsCenter, he does it, right? He does that, uh-huh. Running for Jesus a long time. And every time, you know, I'm like, what? This guy is. But running for Jesus a long time, and there have certainly been times when, you know, we've, 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 You know, been a little anxious. There have been times where, you know, we could have used a break or, or any of those things. But our theme says, we've come this far by faith. Whether you know it or not, to some degree or another, all of us in here have gotten to this place that we are today. Not only here in this physical location, but throughout the periods of our lives where everything we've done, we've had faith in one thing or another. You say, well, I don't really know if I have. Look at the chair. Did you check the pedigree of that chair out before you sat in it when you came in the door? No. You just believed that that chair was going to be strong enough and it was manufactured by quote unquote some good union manufacturing company somewhere here in the United States of America and it is quality craftsmanship that made and manufactured that chair for you so now you have confidence in that chair. Someone wrote a, wrote a poem once and, and it describes uh, many believers quote unquote in Christ. It says, I'll go where you want me to go, Jesus, real service is what I desire. 
I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord, but please don't ask me to sing in the choir or on the praise team. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I like to see things come to pass, but don't ask me to teach girls and boys, dear Lord. I long for the kingdom to thrive. I'll give you my nickels and my pennies and dimes, dear Lord, but please, Lord, please, Lord, don't ask me to tithe. I have to explain that. Come back next week and I, I, I'll explain the tithe. Big <laughs> to follow Jesus is to put no restrictions on our following. We're supposed to follow him wherever, but it also means to follow Jesus whatever. To follow Jesus means that doesn't always mean the same sacrifices and the cost for everybody. But to really say that you really want to follow the Lord is to say that you will follow him wherever and whenever he would want to lead you. In other words, if you are a kingdom person, that means you put no restrictions on following him. Back in the day, if you were in the military, they used to have military vehicles, and they had these things called governors, which they put on the, on, on the military vehicles. You couldn't drive them over 50 miles an hour. All that power and, and you know, all of that horsepower and, and all of the other things, big intimidating-looking vehicles. But then we said, man, if I could just get one of these trucks out here, you know, on, 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 on the five out in California and just cut that thing loose. But we couldn't cut it loose past 50 miles an hour because it had a governor on it. In other words, it was restricted. The power in that vehicle, the, the limit we could go was restricted. But when we're following Jesus, we don't want to put any restrictions on him. So many times that I've said, Lord, go anywhere you want me to go. Do anything you want me to do. Say whatever you want me to say. But Lord, please don't send me to Africa. And I've just kind of now retracted that statement about, Lord, please don't send me to Africa because it was on last month in the month of July, found out that's where me and my people are from. We're from the Cameroon. I said, well, okay, we got Joel and Bede. Yeah, we're homeboys from over there, huh? So it's one of these days. It is my desire to get back to the old homestead there in Africa. You see, God will cause you to do some things that you said you wasn't going to do. Amen, somebody? <laughs> so now, remember these truths, okay? Remember these truths. You don't have to write them down because you're moving very quickly. That's why I said I was not going to say I'll only be a few minutes, but I'm really moving moving very rapidly towards my close. One thing I want you to know, don't put any restrictions on the Lord. Let him have free reign and free course. Lord, you can have free reign and free course in my checkbook. In fact, Lord, I'll give you the pin number, my Mac card. You can go in there and put as much as you want anytime I want you to too. But Lord, uh-uh. 
But don't make no withdrawals. I only want you making deposits. See, that's putting a restriction. You are governing what God wants to do for you in your life. But here's some truths. God is never out of control. God is in full control. No restrictions on God. God is never caught by surprise. He is always faithful to his promises. And God is never distracted from his great purposes because God always fulfills his promises in his perfect timing. Perfect timing is putting your hand to the plow. Never being distracted. By any stumbling block. Any roadblock. Any dangers, toils, or snares. Bombs bursting in air. Flaming fiery darts coming at you. From every side. I've been there and I've done that. And it really is a life-changing experience when you hear those bullets, and you see that, you hear them whizzing over your head and by your ears, and you see the dirt in front of you flying up and blinding you. And it really does take a whole lot to find a lot about yourself when you are in adverse conditions. In the time when you would really want to fall down and curl up in the fetal position, but you know you cannot. Because there are other people depending on you. They're looking to you for leadership. They're looking to you for direction. They're looking to, to you to affirm that you're going to be all right in this situation. Listen, I got you. I have your back. And to not get distracted. So that you don't complete your mission. We put our hand to the plow. We don't look back. This is not part of it, but I do have to back up right now. But spiritually speaking, uh, 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 but I'm still moving forward. God is always in full control of our lives, people of God. Always, always, always. Always in full control. Jesus will sing to these people, follow me. I hear clearly every day, follow me. Make that a part of your daily conversation with God. Don't just go to him and say, Lord, my name is Jimmy, so I need you to give me. But Lord, I'm here. And wherever you lead me and whatever you call me and tell me to do, I will do just that. It's all about divine appointment, people of God. Today is our divine appointment. Plan and purpose from the foundation of the world for us to be here today. Just so thankful to you. 
Again, to see all of your wonderful smiling faces today. You don't have to look at this scripture, but in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8, uh, James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But then there's a scripture that says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And then the Bible says, cleanse your hands, you, 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 you people, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The word double-minded means two-souled person. It's okay for you to have two souls. You got a soul on your left shoe, you have a soul on your right soul. But I'm talking about that innermost part of the soul. Mm -hmm. Double-minded means two-souled. This speaks of vacillating between matters. It's a description of a person that wants the best of both worlds. They want to follow Jesus, but they don't want to follow him all the time. That double-souled person is the person that wants to please God and themselves at the same time. But then they find themselves torn between those two things. Should I eat this Krispy Kreme donut or should I just go on and continue in my fast the way I'm supposed to? I heard somebody call it and they said that sin is being two-faced with God. You know, it's a very negative kind of connotation to be a, called a two-faced person. Jesus asked us to give 100%. He wants us to have a devoted heart and not a divided heart. He wants us to be on board with everything that he wants us to do. God is a 100% God. We have to be 100% people for God and follow him in every area of our lives. So let me sum this up right now for you. Jesus said in our text that we have read from today in Luke chapter 9 verse 62, Again, he said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, like we used to say at the old church, I'm going to my seat right now. But I'm not going anymore, huh? And for my second close today, people of God, I want to tell you right now to keep moving towards God. Keep living by faith and don't change your course. Stay focused on God and believe and trust in his promises. Don't become attached to the things of this world, people of God. And don't live out of the rear view mirror. Stop doing that. Stop looking backwards when you should be going forward. Stop going back. Well, if I had only and if I had to do it all over. I think we've all had some of those conversations with ourselves. If I had it to do all over again, what would I do differently? It's okay to take a postmortem of probably some of the things that you might not have been as successful with as you thought you should have been in your life. But still trust God. Our theme is we've come this far by faith. We didn't say we've made it to the end by faith, but we've come this far by faith, meaning we have a ways to go yet, but we're still going to do it by faith. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, 
It said, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will, listen, I will not. So just to make sure that you or me or anybody else that would read his word would not miss it. He said it again. He said, I will not. And just for that purpose, he said, well, wait a minute. Maybe they missed it the first time and the second time. So I'm going to say it to them a third time. And I'm going to say, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not thank you for listening to today's message if you would like to support this ministry consider giving online text keyword rwolfc to 77977 or through our free app Search RWolfC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.